Welcome back, y'all. It's season two, and I'm very excited because, first of all, <laughs> let me calm down. My name's Sienna Tyler. Welcome back to We All Might Need a Little Therapy. Um, this is season two of the podcast, our first episode, and I'm very excited because it is a collab episode, and I'm very excited for the guests I have today. You want to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Francis King Harvey. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited to be here. <laughs> He's nervous, y'all. He'll get used to it, okay? Um, but yeah, y'all, I'm very excited for today because this is going to be my first collab with the podcast. And if y'all don't know, I've done every episode solo thus far. So I'm a little nervous about how this is going to turn out, but I'm trusting the process, okay? So... We're going to get right into it because y'all know I don't like to make these episodes long. So let's get into it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Um, Just for a little background, Francis is my bestie. <laughs> how long have we been... Ooh, how long have we been friends? Because um, before, we wasn't friends. We just uh, knew each other. Oh, wow. We just going um, because... We've known each other for a while. We'll just say that. So if you know, you know. Like most people who listen to this episode know who Francis is. If you don't, we've known each other forever. So we haven't always liked each other, but we known each other. So yeah. You okay? I'm okay. All right. <laughs> I'm crying at the nervousness. All right. So y'all today, what we're going to be talking about is... That was the background? What you mean? Oh, go ahead. My bad. You want to back? You want to tell them about yourself? I know that's if you was doing more or not. Go ahead, tell them about yourself. So, um, crap! I thought you was doing it. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> um, my name is Francis King Harvey. We've known each other for a while. Middle school, high school, college. Child, you've been child, a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't even know. Francis. Is nervous, so I, guess I am, and I'm nervous. You're nervous, but you really, I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> I okay. think because it's not my own platform, but go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll. Francis is very faceted in a lot, multifaceted. So I don't even know where to start with what you do because you do a lot. Like he's an artist, a baker, a person, like a personality. Like he has a YouTube channel. Like you do a lot of things. So I, but. I think most of all, you're an artist who likes to create new things and put yourself out there for people to gravitate towards. So, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I guess that's good background. I don't know. That's good. That's good. We gonna learn how to do these intros. I'm sorry, y'all. It's very mm, right now, but yeah, Francis doesn't know what we're talking about today. Because he wanted to be surprised. So, (laughs) today, we're going to be talking about Black masculinity Mm. in America. And I really feel like I wanted to do this episode with Francis because, honestly, he embodies what a man in my my eyes looks like in a society because it's a lot of people who... Let me not go too deep into that. But it's a lot of people who say they're man-like or they're a man and stuff like that, but they don't embody that. So I felt like you were the person 
who really embodies what a man should be. Um, and that's why I wanted to do this episode with you. So that's what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Thank you. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I was shocked by the topic and by that <laughs> comment. Thank you. I'm um, crying. I know you'd be shocked about everything. But, you know, you just never know what people think about you. But Yeah, that's true. Thank you. Um, sure. He's nervous. Here. I'm interested in why you think that, but we'll, I'm sure we'll... You want to know why? Yeah. Let's just get into the first all right, all right, all right. question, and then we'll try to we'll try to see if we can get to that. All right. So, we're going to take it back a little bit. My first question for you is... How was masculinity described as a child to you? Um, I don't think it really was described. It was just like, or not explicitly or um, on, described in pur- on purpose. Like it was just what's been around me. Um, and like being saying, this is what a man's do. Or, you know, that term, which drives me insane, a man's man. Yeah. Um, because it like implies that this is what a man should be and has to be. That about etc etc um let me actually talk (laughs) (laughs) but and i really don't like that because it's not i don't think there's one idea or one format fits all for what a man should be or for what a woman should be but um anyway we're all different we are very much so similar in a lot of ways but we also are different in a lot of ways yeah um that's true and so i feel like a lot of things is like being into sports was a man's thing um driving all the time was a man's thing you know paying the bill all the time a man's thing being a provider and stuff and while some of the stuff i kind of agree naturally because i do in a way feel like men and women have uh roles that are uh symbiotic i think that's the word I'm for. yeah mm-hmm. um it, it creates a balance in life um i don't think there's a cookie cutter recipe yeah for every man and woman or relationship so no, I'm just saying those are t- the things, but like all the rugged stuff, um, right. things like what's manly. And, uh, I would say I never was told I can't express when well, I'm from my mom, and that was my main provider. Um, yeah, but a lot of other men stopped crying. I was told a lot that my voice wasn't deep enough. Um, say it with my chest, put bass in my voice, da da da. Um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So it was, yeah, a mixture of some stuff, yeah. Um, the reason I asked that is because I feel like how you act or how you grow up thinking masculinity should look is from your childhood. Like, that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. What people tell you you should be or how you should act as a man or a woman, you kind of take that into consideration as you're growing. You're like, okay, I remember them saying, don't do this because you're a man. Mm -hmm. Don't do this because you're a woman. That kind of affects how you act Mm -hmm. and how you grow as a man um in my mind just from like viewing people in my life because i have a sister i don't really have a i have a brother too but we didn't grow up together yeah so i only saw like how my cousins and stuff would be told to act as men um and it would be very like in my mind toxic because it's like you're placing expectations on someone who doesn't even know who they are yet right. or what they like as a person. And you're already telling them how they should act as a person yeah. and a man. So I just felt like that's an important place to start because whatever you take in is how you're going to react to it. Yeah. How you're going to grow as that person. 
Um, I think it's interesting too, because I know you, so I know your mom is like your sole mm-hmm. provider or was your sole provider and the person who mostly raised you. Yeah. And um, you also have all brothers, which is interesting too, because I feel like when you have, well, I don't know, because I don't have all brothers, but like when you're around a lot of men growing up, that's like a different experience too. Other than like if you have a sister growing up and you get to see like a balance of the two, but you didn't really, I feel like get that sort of balance. I didn't. Well, I do have two sisters too, but on my dad's side. But my well, like you said, I'm my mom's side closest to them. But I didn't really grow up with my brothers. I grew up alone still. So yeah, um, I'm the youngest of all of them, and it's a significant gap or whatever. So. Um, Thanks, parents. But <laughs> please, um, yeah. So in a way, I don't really have a childhood of growing up with siblings. I feel like in a way, I still was kind of an only child. Yeah. Because of that, like they popped in and popped out, you know, da da da, um, and had their own lives. But um, yeah, I feel like I pretty much grew up alone, except for my with my nephew. Like he was probably there the most. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I, I'm pretty much, it was just me and my mom for the most part, and I was around a bunch of women all the time. My girl cousins was there more than my brothers and my male cousins, so it was always women that I was around, which drastically changes a lot um, based off of how I view masculinity, femininity, and all that stuff. I think as a man, as a woman, we all have both feminine and masculine qualities about us, and mm-hmm. you need that balance. Yeah, so. You do. But that was a great segue to my next question. Oh, look at that. Okay, look at you. Knowing what to say. All right. So the second question is, did you ever have a male role model that you felt like modeled the man you wanted? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh I ain't even finished the question. Bobby, Bobby, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I pretty much finished it. Like, did you ever have a male in your life that was a role model that you felt like was a role model or was a model of the man you wanted to be growing up? That's a um, pet question. I'm going to say one particular man, no, but there have been things that I've learned from the men in my life. Um, my dad, when I had him, my brothers, um, some of my cousins, um, my mom's uh, boyfriend. Um, so I've taken a bunch of things like, seeing how they interact with other men and how they interact with women and seeing how they interact when it's just us and women and stuff like that. And I take mm. heed to those things and um, yeah, pick up on the things that I like and things I do not like about it. Um, and I think, well, no, I don't have one role model. I t- take all of those people and those examples and I build my own role model. Of my, and I don't know how to explain it, but like I just take do's and don'ts from everybody and all the men in my life. And um, I just knew a path that I didn't want to go on and I tried to find yeah. more positive outlets or more positive um, ventures so to make sure I didn't go those certain ways. And um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned and I feel like this is the biggest lesson I got from my dad is although he was a lot of examples of what not to be, he loved unconditionally. Um, mm. And that's something that- You embody that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, that's something I want to do. I, I mean, I just 
always wanted to keep that with me to love unconditionally, let people be people and be yourself. Um, yeah. And I've had my own journey with finding out who I am and being myself and being comfortable in it. I mean, it still be struggles sometimes, but that's a journey. Yeah. I'll leave it there. Okay. So going a little deeper into that question, you said um, there were some do's and don'ts that you picked up just mm-hmm. from the interactions you got with other men in your life. Mm-hmm. What were some of those do's and don'ts? I know um, you started saying <clears throat> some a little bit, but what were some do's so the, and don'ts? The do's, for sure, like I said, the unconditional love thing. I also feel like I got that from one of my brothers, too. Um, but um, And we have a really close relationship for the most part. But um, I felt like some don'ts. Let's see. Um, child transparency. Um, vulnerability, but um, yeah, Woo. a lot of men in my life were or have been at some point, um, addicts of some sort. That's something, and that I've witnessed how that greatly impacted them, their lives, their relationships with themselves and other people. Um, yeah, their quality of life. Um, and that was a major don't for me. Um, so, and like you know, I just did my challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. 30 days um, not doing alcohol whatever like that and for me it was more than just the challenge it was proving to myself that I'm not like what I've seen yeah um, so that was that did well, you that. did that did that, that was crazy and, and now, you like, made it through it like I did I was like damn I don't think I could do that <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't even crave like alcohol as much anymore yeah because, no it's been a real change like you so, can see and so, I feel good better so you can tell because it was starting to get dark it was a little dark we all go through it. We get through it. We all go through it. Um, but yeah, so that's one example. Yeah. Um, some people just not knowing. Um, sorry, I'm trying to not go on tangents. It's okay. Go where you need to go. Um. If you, oh, what? Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say, um, being a leech for lack of a better word right now, or dependent upon a woman um is a big don't for me um because i've seen that in many people and i don't like their quality um i was about to say something else but i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep cute um oh gosh (laughs) it's just not a good quality and body um and and i wasn't raised like that by my mom so um i was always taught to be independent she was independent and um Mm -hmm. so work for your own and Having your own, nobody else can take it from you. It can get toxic sometimes being independent. I, I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna lie about it. It can be um, hyper independence can be uh, a toxic one. Yeah, but um, I'm working on it. You are. You have been doing a very good job of just trying to unlearn certain habits that you have. Because yeah. I think nothing is wrong with being independent, but it's not allowing people to help you is the thing. Yeah. So those are two different things, but and that's very hard. Like yeah, very. Hard. It's hard. But you've been unlearning those habits slowly. Sometimes they come with a little force, but um, it's all about unlearning, which is going to take time, yeah. especially when that's embedded in you to be independent and not ask for anything yeah. or not expect help when you actually have it or when you actually need to accept it. Um, it can be difficult. Yeah. So it was another question I had um, from number two, because you talked about... I guess, well, we were talking about unlearning a little bit. Mm. And I feel like for men, for people in general, it's hard for them to unlearn certain things. 
and to I guess like when you're a product of a certain environment not to fall into that trap of it mm-hmm. so what do you think helped you or what was it that for you was like okay I know what everyone else is doing but I don't want to do that myself like what brought you to okay I want to create something for my own and I don't want to carry these same habits that I see in other men um I think for anybody that's known me like from a little boy um I've just always been extra if you will for like a better way right now and I've always dreamed of more so I've never was limited in my dreams and my parents never limited me in my ability to dream and stuff that I wanted. Um, so yeah, not having any limitations placed on my dreams and just being a curious soul for the most part, um, allowed me to venture and, (laughs) (laughs) um, and dream. Um, and then seeing a lot of things of people talking about their dreams and not being happy and seeing where they are now. And as a child, I've always been, um, very cognitive of those behaviors and uh like observing people's behaviors and um taking note of you say you wanted this stuff and you're not really doing anything or you your life went on this uh route so trying to change the trajectory okay i know you did this and that didn't work so i'm not going to repeat that um or you did these things and seeing people constantly okay y'all all all did that got it and it didn't work work. yeah y'all still do so i'm not going (laughs) to jump on that right um i'm going to change my own path. Um, and yeah. something that really helped me was my mom taking me out of pub- public school and putting me in charter school um, yeah. where we met. Yeah. And Charles was getting public. It, that's why I put charter <laughs> in quotations. But but yeah, I um, get you mean. It's a different experience for yeah. sure. So. And I was always somebody that like thrived academically and then but being in public school and then my friends always having a negative role models, they started to take on those yeah. Um, attributes and then it started to impact me in a way and I started selecting the school and all this stuff like that. My mom was like, I'll be mm-hmm. happy. So <laughs> I moved with my uncle out in Bel Air and <laughs> Please. But for real. She was like, Oh, we're not doing that. She put me in charter school and I was challenged academically and I loved it. I was pissed because I was falling behind. But I wasn't falling behind because I wasn't trying or it wasn't work. I was falling behind because I was actually being pushed. Yeah. Um and I've always like I said, I've always been curious and wanted to learn more and uh, be educated. So I like that about it. And you. No, um, your mom is top tier. Like, honestly. Love her. Oof. And she had all boys, which is crazy because, like, boys are a lot. Not. We are a lot. <laughs> like, just like, we play as a, a woman, being able to raise men, Yeah. all men, is, is like, a superpower to me being able to raise children period is superpower to me but like all men and you y'all don't have the same like y'all don't think the same yeah so i think she did a really good job with just like being a mother to children who like maybe she doesn't understand fully but she clearly accepts y'all for who y'all are yeah which i feel like is a big part of parenting um and just like getting your kids to where you want them to be. Because like if you try to force them to be somebody else, that can turn out a completely different way. But she just took y'all in for what y'all are and let y'all live your life and learn. Yeah. And you could just tell she just gave y'all unconditional love. Yeah. So 
you mentioned her a lot. I just wanted to shout out to mom because she she yes. did her thing. She did her thing for real. I love Irene. So um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's interesting too. Um, now we had twenty minutes, so I'm gonna do the last question. I don't know how long we are gonna take on this, but I'm gonna take one more thing real quick. Before okay, do you think twenty one? Um, <laughs> my biggest lesson, and I'm gonna talk about this on my own platform as well. I need sure. to, Check out but, the YouTube. Um, yes, follow me at King um, Friend with two lines. But anyway, <laughs> um, oh, it's it's K Friend actually. I'm gonna put it in the wrong. description okay. so y'all have it. Um, I'm wrong, child, like you do. It's okay. But um, my dad not being able to read has been a big sore spot for me. Um, and seeing how that impacted his life and stuff like that, um. And I'll talk about it freely because he wants to, he would want me to learn from it and all that stuff like that. So and I know he wanted me to learn from it and pushed me to be better because of his lack of in that area but of education. Yeah. I said that all at once. Oh, but you talk about that a lot. <laughs> because you talk about that a lot. It's something that really always stuck with me. I remember literally at I think I was like five or six and I had Scooby Doo books or whatever. And like I tried to I was with him for the weekend and um trying to teach him how to read and all the stuff like that and Wow. Like it's like something you don't realize is like that's a lot. Like no, I was it is. six years old trying to teach my I'm not gonna say the age, but <laughs> they had out to read. Like that's crazy. That's so, crazy um, for a child. I'm learning to read. I mean Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in first grade kindergarten, like, um Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely something that impacts me deeply. And that's why, you know, like, I'm always researching something. Always. And so... <laughs> <laughs> always. That's where that kind of comes from. And then my mom always put instilling in me that, like, if you don't know, find out. Find like, out. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be so quick to go with what you hear. Do the research. Find out. So, that. But I'm going to leave it here. A1 parent. No, truly. No, you do talk about your dad. Like, that situation as a big, um, I guess, pusher or motivation to have your own and just understand stuff for yourself. So mm-hmm. I get it now more. I forget that that happened sometimes. And like when you bring it up, I'm like, it all makes sense. Why you want to know everything and not everything, but why you want to learn more and just yeah. be well-faceted in different um, situations. Whew, that's crazy. Being limited, seeing people be limited has pushed me to not want to be limited. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, cool. I figured it out. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're going to wrap it up because I got to figure out how to make this longer, but whatever. Um, The last question is, what's your take on today's idea of Black masculinity? Yeah, we did kind of venture. That was kind of more of a parenting talk. But, um, yeah. It all connected. <clears throat> all right. My idea of Black masculinity today. Um, yeah. I think it's evolving. I think it's very much so. I think the problem with masculinity as well as femininity is that a lot of times society is trying to shape everyone to be this cookie cutter model, like I said before, and it doesn't take into account. We're not robots, and mm-hmm. um, it doesn't take into account everybody has different personalities. Everybody's not going to. Every woman doesn't want a man that does this. Every man doesn't want a woman that does that. So we all have different needs and um, wants, and. They, yeah, we they vary per person, so it, it's not going to work for everybody to be this cookie cutter model. Um, yeah. 
I think there has been a lot more talk about it, like you doing platforms like this, which I very much appreciate, and I know a lot of people appreciate um, that these conversations are being had, had, is giving people, allowing them to be able to talk, giving them safe spaces, because people don't cry, men don't cry, men's just don't cry, like, <laughs> but to say it. Okay. that's how, like, they really don't, they, we were told you can't cry, you can't, not me, but oh, as men in general, um, yeah. that being vulnerable is weak, um, not showing emotion, and it's not true, it's so much strength in being able to tell how you feel to somebody especially somebody you're supposed to be in a relationship with mm. and you're trying to grow together um and we come from relationships i mean seeing our parents and their parents are in relationships of not being happy like yeah and staying there because and this is all from following toxic ideologies of what masculinity and femininity is yeah a man's supposed to be the provider so he can do you so much so dirty not care as long as he provides right but he still provides so you're gonna stick mm-hmm. beside him Ooh, and Lord, she gonna keep cooking dinner every night, no matter what he doing. And even still, she happy like a settled woman. Um, yeah, that's crazy, and that's interesting. Cause I, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I didn't notice how. I mean, it has been a big shift. I feel like in mm-hmm. how um, masculinity and femininity are viewed in like their relationships with each other mm-hmm. but i feel like it's still i feel like there's an ideal there's still like an ideal man um that's not realistic mm-hmm. in a sense because like you said it takes out all feeling and all emotion and all vulnerability that's not really healthy mm-hmm. or realistic because Regardless of if men cry, they're going to get there and grow some type of way. Right. So. And a lot of times we see in the past that was physically. So. Or verbally. Or cheating. So that's not healthy. That's not a healthy thing. Um, But I just think today we see it's uh, a lot of it is um, social media driven to Mm me um, because there's like this ideal of what. I guess like you know the rappers or whatever hip hop is mm. pretty much how culture. our culture is yeah. driven, and mm, so that topic. image of it is <laughs> that image of that man is not only toxic but it's just not realistic mm. because everybody doesn't have that lifestyle. So and everybody doesn't want to be like that. Yeah, regardless of if they are or not, deep down I don't think all men want to be that way. They just feel like they have to be in yeah. order to attract a certain person or to get certain things in life. So mm-hmm. um to me I, I think like you said it definitely has come a long way where I think certain men or women aren't staying in a situation that they know are toxic, but it's still like this overarching image yeah. of what something should look like in our society. Yeah. That I feel like is need to be worked on. But yeah, it's that head of household provider situation. Mm-hmm. And while I want to be a provider, yeah, in my relationship, it's not because I'm a man; it's because I care about that person, right? And um, and I just want to make sure like you're cool, you're good, you're taken care of, like, period. That's different. Yeah, not because I'm a man; I have to do this. Like, yeah, I don't know. And I feel like having to do it and wanting to do it is two different two things. different things. So it comes it, off two different ways. Yeah, it does. Like so, like 
doing something because you have to, and you want, it doesn't feel as authentic as doing this when you want to, and as caring and loving for the most part. True, um, but that's a fact. Okay. Uh, that way, most of the time, it was getting good. It was getting good, right? I be having to learn how to wrap stuff up. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, I feel like that was great because you got comfortable a little bit. You was opening up a little bit, a little bit. That's good. Um, y'all, this was the first collab on. Oh, I can't tell. On a podcast. And I'm very happy with how it came out. I was definitely nervous. What's the podcast name? We all might need a little therapy. One more time. We all might need a little therapy. Okay. I felt like this was a mini session. It wasn't too crazy, but like it was a mini session. Um, and obviously, it allowed me to understand you a little more, even though I already know all the stuff about you. So, but sometimes you like hear it differently. Yeah. Sometimes I'd be like, "Oh, I didn't. I remember that, but I remember it now." Um. But no, it was definitely eye-opening in certain situations. And I hope the listeners are able to take something from it. Um, just start a conversation with whoever is in your life. And yeah, you got anything else? No, thank you for having me, though. I'm, I love your channel. I mean, channel is <laughs> your podcast. Thank um, you. I love your channel. Hello. Thank you. Hopefully, we will you. be getting a video soon. We'll see. We see. I think we should do a part two to this, though. Her. Okay, let's do it. We're gonna do a part two, y'all. So catch us in part two. And um yeah. Nice talking to y'all. Peace out. Peace out. All right.